0: Good morning. How's everybody this morning? All right. I told Wayne, uh, I think yesterday, last night, I said, I'm going to publicly embarrass him somehow so that he doesn't ask me to come do this again. So I didn't figure out a good way to do that. So I guess I'll skip that part. But, uh, you know, just uh, you know what's coming when you come out to our place. So prepare a message and come on out. Uh, The last song. How Great Thou Art. I actually lead songs a lot at church, and that's one of my favorite songs to lead. And um, the last verse in that song says, When Christ shall come with shouts of acclamation and take me home, what joy shall fill my heart? That joy shall fill your heart only if you're ready when he comes back. The Bible says that those who aren't ready will call for rocks and mountains to fall on them. I hope you're not one of those. I hope that you're going to be, you're going to be, bowing in humble adoration and proclaiming how great thou art because you're ready for him to come back. I actually, um, I shared this at church last Sunday and I I thought with that song was fitting, but, um, imagine if somebody, well, let me ask you this. How many of you have in some time of your life, you've been broke? We've probably all been there at some point, right? We all start at zero and, uh, At some point in life, we were broke. How many of you are broke today? No, I'm just kidding. Um, What if somebody in that point of your life would have walked up to you and said, "Hey, I know times are tough. I know it's hard for you right now, and uh, I've been blessed. And I'd like to give you $100,000 just to help you out and make life a little easier for you." And you'd be like, "Thanks, but no thanks. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep doing what I've done. That's got me broke." And I'm just going to work at it a little bit harder. And I'm just going to do it a little bit longer. Put in a few more hours. And uh, I I think I'll 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 figure a way out. How many of us do that in our salvation? How much greater is it to accept salvation than that $100,000? Amen? How much greater? But yet... You know, we somehow, we just want to figure it out on our own. We're just going to struggle a little longer. Yeah, it's been tough. We're just, but sometimes we just have to humbly bow and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you've done for us. Thank you for your great salvation. And we can't wait till you come back. All right, so that wasn't really my message. But this morning, um, well, my daughter last year came home from school with this book. And I remember it's a storybook. And it's really a kid's storybook. And I remember reading it, and I remember remembering from years ago, um, reading the book. And I thought, this story is such a powerful story. And I thought, you know what, next time I have to, at church, I think our church is a lot like your church here. We have a couple pastors, but everybody kind of takes turns. And I'm, I'm really not one of the pastors. I do lead out in, in worship, and that's about it. And my brother is one of the pastors there. And, um, but we all get our turns. And so I thought to myself hey, next time I I ask to preach, I think I'm going to read that story. And it just so happened that last Sunday was my turn, and I read this story, and then Wayne called me, and I was like, well, I'll just read the story again. If people enjoyed it there, and it's really simple. Uh, I'd like to invite any of the kids, if you want to, come up and sit on the front benches. This really is a kid's story. It's a story about being unique. It's a story about accepting who God made you. It's a story about being okay with who God made you, not trying to be somebody else. We all live in this world that we all have uh, people that we look up to, right? Every one of us. We have somebody that we would look up to, that we do look up to. But the snare with that sometimes is that we maybe try too hard to be somebody else instead of being ourselves. Come on up, kids. Sit on the front rows. I have a story. Maybe maybe I'll even show you some pictures. You guys want to see some pictures? You can't see it very good from back there. This, this story is about Punchinello. How many of you have heard the story? I think a fair amount of us have probably heard the story. Maybe it's been a while, and I think it's just a good story for us to remind ourselves. Okay, You have heard it? How many of you kids have heard the story of Punchinello? So Maybe we'll have a big children's class today. We're all children today, right? We're, we're, you know, God made every one of us, and we're really made of clay, right? We're really made of clay. We all have cracks, don't we? We all have flaws. We all have failures. We all do, do things that might annoy other people, um, and I think this story really brings out how God wants us to really do it. All right, you ready for the story? All right, so it says these little people were called Wemmicks, and it says the Wemmicks were small, small wooden people. All of the wooden people were carved by a woodworker named Eli. His workshop sat on a hill overlooking their village. Each Wemmick was different. Some had big noses, others had large eyes, some were tall, and some were short. Some wore hats, others wore coats, but all were made by the same carver and all lived in the village. It's a lot like us, isn't it? Some of us are big, some of us are small, some of us have big noses, some of us have big eyes, but God made all of us, and we all live on this ball called earth. And all day, every day, the Wemmicks, they did the same thing. They gave each other stickers, they gave each other stickers. Each Wemmick had a box of star stickers and a box of gray dot stickers. Up and down the streets, all over the city, people spent their days sticking stars or dots on one another. The pretty ones, those with smooth wood and fine paint, always got stars. But if the wood was rough or the paint was chipped, the Wemmicks, they gave them dots. See these little wooden people? They have stars stuck on them. They have dots stuck on them. If they were good, they got a star. If they were bad, they'd give them little dots. The talented ones got big stars. Some could lift big sticks high above their heads or jump over tall boxes. Still, others knew big words. Some could sing pretty songs. Everyone gave them stars. Some women had stars all over them. Every time they got a star, it made them feel so good. It made them want to do something else and just get more stars. Others could do little, so they got what? What'd they get? Dots, stickers. Punchinello was one of these. He tried to jump high like the others, but he fell. And when he fell, the others would gather around him and would give him dots. Sometimes when he fell, his wood got scratched, so people would give him more dots. Then when he would try to explain why he fell, he would say something silly, and the Wemmicks would give him more dots." This is just a bad picture, isn't it? After a while, he had so many dots that he didn't even want to go outside. He was afraid he would do something dumb, such as forget his hat or step in the water. And then the people would give him another dot. In fact, he had so many gray dots that some people would just come up and give him a dot for no reason at all. He deserved lots of dots. The wooden people would agree with one another. He's not a good wooden person. After a while, Punchinello believed them, and he believed. I'm not a good Wemmick, he would say. The few times he went outside, he hung around other Wemmicks who had lots of dots, and he felt better around those kind of people. There he is, all by himself, has gray dots on him. One day, he met a Wemmick who was unlike any he'd ever met. She had no dots or stars. She was just wooden. Her name was Lucia. It wasn't that people didn't try to give her stickers. It's just that the stickers didn't stick. Some of the Wemmicks admired Lucia for having no dots. So they would run up and give her a star, but it would just fall off. Others would look down on her for having no stars, so they would give her a dot, but it wouldn't stay either. That's the way... I want to be, thought Punchinolo. I don't want anyone's marks. So he asked the stickerless Wemmick how she did it. It's easy, Lucia replied. Every day I go see Eli. Eli? Yes, Eli, the woodcarver. I sit in the workshop with him. Why? Why don't you go find out for yourself? Go up to the hill. He's there. And with that, the Wemmick, who had no stickers, turned and skipped away. But will he want to see me, Punchinello cried out. Lucia didn't hear, so Punchinello went home. He sat near a window and watched the wooden people as they scurried around, giving each other stars and dots. It's not right, he muttered to himself, and he decided to go see Eli. There's Punchinello sitting there looking out the window. He walked up the narrow path through the top of the hill and stepped into the big shop. His wooden eyes widened at the size of everything. The stool was as tall as he was. He had to stretch on his tiptoes to see the top of the workbench. A hammer was as long as his arm. Punchinello swallowed hard. I am not staying here, and he turned to leave. Then he heard his name. Punchinello. The voice was deep and strong. Punchinello stopped. Punchinello, how good to see you. Come and let me have a look at you. Punchinello turned around and looked at the large bearded craftsman. You know my name, the Wemmick asked? Of course I do. I made you. Eli stooped down and picked him up and set him on the bench. Hmm, the maker spoke thoughtfully. As he looked at the gray dots, looks like you've been given some bad marks. I didn't mean to, Eli. I really tried hard. Oh, you don't have to defend yourself to me, child. I don't care what the other Wemmicks think. You don't? No, and you shouldn't either. Who are they to give you stars or dots? They're Wemmicks just like you. What they think doesn't matter, Punchinello. All that matters is what I think. And I think that you're pretty special. There he's sitting there with Eli. Punchinello laughed. Me special? Why? I can't walk fast, I can't jump. My paint is peeling. Why do I matter to you? <clears throat> Eli looked at Punchinello, put his hands on those small wooden shoulders, and spoke very softly. Because you're mine. That's why you matter to me. Punchinello had never had anyone look at him like this, much less his maker. He didn't know what to say. Every day I've been hoping you'd come, Eli explained. I came because I met someone who had no mark, said Punchinello. I know. She told me about you. Why don't the stickers stay on her? The maker spoke softly. Because she has decided that what I think is more important than what they think. The stickers only stick if you let them. What? The stickers only stick if they matter to you. The more you trust my love, the less the stickers the less you care about their stickers. I'm not sure I understand. Eli smiled. <clears throat> you will, but it will take time. You've got a lot of marks. For now, just come see me every day and let, re- let me remind you how much I care. Eli, left Punchinello, Eli lifted Punchinello off the bench and set him on the ground. Remember, Eli said as the Wemmick walked out the door, you are special because I made you and I don't make mistakes. Punchinello didn't stop, but in his heart he thought, I think he really means it. And when he did, a dot fell to the ground. Isn't that a great story? You like the story? Doesn't the story, for us big kids, doesn't the story say much more than about Eli and Punchinello? It's such a beautiful story, I think, about God, and us. He wants to see us every day. He wants us to come meet him every day. I, I just think it's such a beautiful story, and I feel like, I, I, feel like we, I don't even need to try to explain anything. It's so clear. It's so understandable. But I have a couple verses that I'd like to, that I'd like to read along with it. Romans 12 says, We have different gifts. <clears throat> every one of us has different gifts. It says, We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy. If it's serving, then serve. If it's encouragement, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. If we give stickers to each other, are we honoring others? If we give them dots, we're not, are we? I think sometimes our biggest struggle is actually to give ourselves dots or stickers, isn't it? Sometimes we tend to be too hard on ourselves about things. 1 Peter says to be alert and be sober-minded. It says that our enemy prowls around like a roaring lion looking for somebody to devour. It says to resist him, to stand firm in the faith because you know that... The family of believers throughout the world is, doing, is undergoing the same kind of suffering. We as humans, we all face hard times. We all face suffering. We all have cracks in our clay, right? So let's not be hard on other people. Let's just take care of ourselves. Let's, if you want to give somebody a sticker, then give them a star, okay? Give somebody a compliment. Tell them what they mean to you. Be kind to them. <clears throat> um, so it says that, we ha- that the devil is as a roaring lion. And I think that, it, that we as Christians are really wise to understand that a lot of the struggles that we come from, and maybe in our relationships to each other, to the other relationships, to all the other women around us, maybe in the relationship to our wife, to our husband, to understand that a lot of times the struggle that we have is really not between each other. It's really a struggle because we have an enemy that prowls around, that's trying to devour us, that's trying to get into us, that's trying to drive wedges between relationships and that's trying to get us to give each other dots or stickers. And what happens? I give you a dot, and then you give me a dot. Right? Doesn't that happen a lot? I say, you're pretty fat. And you go, well, you're not exactly skinny yourself. Isn't that what we do a lot? So, But you know what the Bible says about the devil, you know, our enemy? You know what he says? The Bible says that he is the father of lies. It says that all he does is lie. And a lot of times the little voices that want in our head that makes us want to give ourselves dots and that makes us want to give other people dots are also just lies. Oftentimes we don't take people the way that people meant things. Or we try to take things out of context. Or we try to bend them around and use them against somebody. But that's not what God wants us to do. 1 Peter says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. It says that you are God's special possession. Just like Eli, Punchinello was his special possession, and he loved him. Ephesians 2 says, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. There's a verse, I don't even have the uh, reference here. It says, the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit, but it's, it's, this is the part I like. It says that we are the children of God. We are the children of God. Think about that. The God that created this world, the big world, everything in it, everything that's alive, the trees that are growing, all the powerful things that God created. We are his children. He's our daddy. We're We're his children. Isn't that special? He made every one of us special. Here's a verse that says, Before I formed you in the belly, I knew thee, and before thou camest out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee as a prophet unto the nations. But it says, God knew you before you even were. How is that possible? Isn't that a great God that we serve? We can't even fathom knowing somebody before they even were. But it says that here. Genesis says, And God said, Let us make man in our image and our likeness. Isn't that cool? We're actually made in the image of God. I assume God has two legs and two arms. I, I don't know. A head like we have, and eyes and a nose. Not anything else did God make like him except us. Doesn't that say that we're really special? Psalms 139 says, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and, thy, and that my soul knoweth right well. Are we praising God every day? Is that us? I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Are we embracing that and believing that? Are we being hard on ourselves and saying, yeah, I don't know, I'm a mistake.'" I don't think that's what God wants us to do. God wants us to believe that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. All right, so just a couple more verses. Says for you, Psalms one thirty nine says for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place when I was woven together in the depths of the earth your eyes saw my unformed body all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be Psalms 100 says shout for the Lord shout for joy to the Lord all the earth worship the Lord with gladness come before him with joyful songs know that the Lord is God it is he who made us and we are his people We are his, and we are his people, the sheep of his pastors. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. I just want to be encouragement to everybody this morning. Go see Eli every day. Go see God every day. Seek him. And embrace the fact that he made you unique. He didn't make you to be somebody else. He made you to be you. Go be the best you that you can be for the people around you. That's how you're going to be the biggest blessing that you can possibly be to the ones you love and to the people that you have an influence with every day. All right, children, you can go back to your seats. Thanks for being good and for listening. God bless you all, and uh, look forward to coming back and seeing you again. Feel free to come out our way and look us up. We'd love to have you. We have a, a whole church reminds me a, a lot of this, and we just get together and worship God and try to be an encouragement to another. So um, I'm sure I'll talk to you more throughout the day.